Are you hashtag very Asian? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Easier with a Friend. We're super happy to be back with you after our short break last week for Lunar New Year's. And fittingly, we thought since it's Lunar New Year this week, we should share some positivity for the Year of the Tiger by going over our favorite ways of being hashtag very Asian. We are your hosts, Chi and Elaine. And we're very honored to be spending time with you on this most important of Asian holidays. Yep. First of all, I want to apologize for my voice today. I've been battling some severe allergies recently. But for those of you who are wondering, the hashtag #VeryAsian began trending shortly after New Year's Day when Michelle Lee, a Korean American anchor at the NBC affiliate in St. Louis, received a racist voice message complaining that she mentioned eating dumplings for New Year's as a Korean tradition. The message said that the viewer took offense to that, saying, quote, she's being very Asian. She can keep her Korean to herself, end quote. In response, the hashtag took off, with people sharing pictures of their families and Asian traditions as a beautiful way of showing support to Lee. Obviously, we here at Easier with a Friend, being very Asian ourselves, and definitely being in support of positive messages, wanted to share some of the ways we embrace our Asianness as a show of solidarity. So Chi, what are some Asian things that you would say you do normally? There are, I guess, a lot of things that we do that are very Asian, but because it's part of our kind of everyday life and because we are Asian, we're not as aware of it being so Asian. So I have an interesting story yep. on this one. Two weeks ago, I went and did my normal Costco run to uh, stock up on groceries. And I was trying to lift this 50-pound bag of rice, of jasmine rice, into my cart. And as I was doing so, this older American woman walked by me and said, wow, that is a lot of rice. What did you do? Like, asking me, what what do I use that much rice for? In any case, I told her, oh. My family, we go through this relatively quickly. I told her that we eat rice almost every mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. a 50-pound bag for a family of four. My kids love rice. It's not that much. In any case, she was like, yeah, this would take me a lifetime to finish. And in that moment, I was like, I guess buying rice in a giant 25-pound or 50-pound bag is very Asian. And I hadn't really considered it because growing up and even in my own household, we mm-hmm. have rice bags that are normally that size sitting in storage somewhere in the pantry, right? So that's funny because we had this discussion prior to us starting recording and we were like, what are some very Asian things that we do? And I think personally for me, I was thinking about how I can't go very long without eating Asian food, without feeling like, oh my God, I, I need to eat something Asian, anything yes. Asian, like yes. Thai, Japanese, Korean, Chinese. I don't even care. Just some Asian food versus it's interesting because I guess I would never have consciously realized it without being married to my white husband who cannot eat Asian food back to back to back to back for too long. So we constantly kind of switch back and forth between Western food and Asian food because after so many days of Western food, I need Asian food. And after so many days of Asian food, he needs Western food. 
I think that's definitely for me, one of the things I do that is very Asian. The other thing that was also recently pointed out to me, I got in a discussion with actually his cousin's fiance about how, oh, you know, growing up as poor kids, you learned like, keep your stuff in order, in good condition, like take yeah. great care of it so that it lasts a very long time. But then I actually did some thinking about it afterwards. And I was like, I don't know that that's a poor thing as much as it is an Asian thing for my family, at least. Right. Because when I think back on it, it was really my dad who taught me very much to, hey, put the things back where they belong, take care of them. So they'll last a long time Buy the best that you can afford or save up for the best so that it will last forever because you don't need to buy the crappy thing. It breaks. And then you buy 10 more crappy things after that. You just buy one very nice thing and you take really great care of it and it will last you a lifetime, which I think about as a very Asian cultural way of looking at items, right? Because we talk about all the time how your husband is kind of tough on stuff and we all grew up as first generation immigrants. So I wouldn't say that his family grew up any better off than my family when we first got here to America, but he's just tough on his stuff. And my dad grew up actually not poor because he grew up in Asia and in Asia, their family was fine. They were well off, right? So he didn't have to take care of his stuff as a reflection of his socioeconomic status. It's simply that as Asians, we learn to treasure things. I always thought that was his family specific thing. So I never, (laughs) (laughs) it might've been tied into how culturally we may have been very different there, the way we were brought up. And I think that's very interesting because I recently was learning about the Japanese tradition called Kintsugi. And that is literally where if a Japanese person say breaks a bowl or a vase or something in their house, instead of throwing the pieces away, which I have done plenty of because, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's completely shattered. What do you do with it? They repair it. Like, so it's a way of repairing it where they glue the pieces back together, but it's actually sealed with a gold colored. And it actually makes the piece very beautiful when they put it back together again. It almost looks like gold marble veins running through that piece. And it's a way for them to put the piece back together and still appreciate its beauty after it's been transformed. And I just think that's a really beautiful way of looking at it, but also very Asian. Yeah. Real quick though, let me go back real quick to tie in the rice and the food and missing it thing. I think I don't realize this about myself until I start traveling because When you travel, let's say you're going somewhere and you're eating whatever is local, whatever is good there. And then when you come home from vacation, you realize how much you miss rice. And your first meal usually is just to go get something that has rice. Like that's for me, even when I was growing up, my family would travel somewhere, we would enjoy ourselves. But usually we get back into town, it's like we need something that has rice in it. So I completely understand not being able to go for too long without Asian food. So. It's really funny because that actually reminded me. So my family and a bunch of our family friends, like, I mean, I think there were 20 of us went on this cruise when I was 14 years old to Alaska. And it's a seven day cruise to Alaska. And of course, on the ship, there is no Asian food. I mean, these days on cruise ships, there usually is something Asian, right? They have a lot more international fare. 
to appeal more to international passengers. And of course, I think the American palate has expanded a lot since I was 14 years old. Agreed. Yeah. Which is more years ago than I'm going to tell you all the numbers. So (laughs) anyway, we were coming back from Alaska and the way that the boat traveled, it went from Vancouver up into Alaska and then you just fly back. So they dropped us off at the last stop and we had a few hours to kill, I think, before we were supposed to go to the airport. And we hadn't had any Asian food in, right, you know, seven, probably eight days at that point because travel time. And I believe we were in Juneau. We were just walking down the street exploring Juneau. And it was hilarious because we saw this tiny, crappy, hole-in-the-wall Chinese buffet across the street. And it was right around lunchtime. We were kind of already discussing, oh, what should we have for lunch? And someone went, oh my gosh, there's a Chinese buffet. And we stampeded the place. I mean, <laughs> and it, when I'm saying tiny in my memory, it barely sat all of us, right? There weren't that many seats extra. And there wasn't that many people who came in while we were there. And I'm sure the food was terrible by any other standard of time. But that day when we were there in that restaurant, all of us were like, man, you know, this is really good. (laughs) This is, this is really good for this hole in the wall, Juneau, Alaska place. But looking back, I think we were just starved of Asian food for too long. (laughs) So anything was good to us that tasted Asian that had rice basically. So No, it's true. When we go on vacation, I definitely miss Asian food. The great thing about it is nowadays, it's so much more accessible everywhere, right? But in our youth, when we travel, not so much. Anything else for you? Any traditions or particularly maybe for Lunar New Year's that's coming up? For Lunar New Year, some of our favorite things to do. And again, I've never really thought about this until... I had kids because then you kind of feel that sense of responsibility to pass on those traditions and cultures to your children. Before, of course, when I lived with my parents, they would be in charge of making the Lunar New Year menu and I didn't have to think about it. And then when my kids were a lot younger and weren't really fully participating in the cooking or the eating as much, I would not really think about it. I would try to plan a special meal, but it could have been anything. It could have been steaks for all I care, right? But now that my kids are, of course, you know, elementary school age and they're very aware, I find myself planning out the Lunar New Year menu. So, for example, there's this dish. It's called Tikkato. I'm not sure what the English translation of the name, but it basically has some pork and it Mm -hmm. has eggs in it. My kids love the eggs, but you basically like stew it for a long time. And it's very Mm -hmm. salty and it's got a lot of sweetness to it. You can use like actual coconut milk to cook Mm -hmm. with it. So it has that sweetness and that saltiness. And then you cook the meat for a long time so that it becomes super soft. And apparently that's a very Lunar New Year dish to eat. And Mm -hmm. then this year, I also plan on making this pickle that has some carrots, some bean sprout and some, I believe it's chives is the English name for it. 
But yeah, so you pickle it and then that's kind of part of your new year food that's outside of the super traditional like bánh chưng and things like that. But yeah, so I'm literally mm. currently cooking that pork and egg <laughs> in my kitchen right now. And I've got my husband washing the pot so I can come up here and do this recording. But that's what I'm cooking today for dinner for us. What about you? Love it. I love it. So yeah, no, I, I hear you about the Lunar New Year's traditions. I feel like As I get older, it is something that is more important to me, even though we don't have kids that I'm passing on the tradition to. But when you talk about passing on the tradition to your kid, I think that that's definitely valid because a lot of what I do for Lunar New Year's these days is stuff that I did with my dad, right? So every Lunar New Year's Eve, he would go downtown, go to the temples, burn incense, pray, do all that stuff. And I don't even remember when I started doing this with him because I certainly didn't do it as a child because it's something you do fairly late in the evening, right? And I think as a kid, he didn't want to take me out that late because Lunar New Year's isn't technically a holiday you go out of school for here. Yeah. I think in a lot of Asian households, even though Lunar New Year was a big holiday of the year, Asians are so afraid that their child will miss out on the education that you did not go out of school for Lunar New Year's, right? So they wouldn't take us out of school. So he would not, like, uh, if it fell on a weekday, I wouldn't go with him until really like the tail end of high school and then through college. And then all the way until he passed away, we used to do this together. We'd go down to the temple and burn incense. And when my brother got a bit older, he joined us. So it was something the three of us used to do every year. And now, even though he's no longer with us, I keep on the tradition, right? Because it's something that he and I used to go do together. And so I actually take my husband with me to the temple and he's a great sport. He actually loves to go. He said he really likes going and seeing the cultural stuff and kind of seeing what it's all about. And he's gotten to be a pro at it, I gotta say. And I was recently saying this to actually another friend of mine, like after you're gone, what is it that your kids remember you with, right? And a lot of these traditions, particularly for me, Lunar New Year is going to the temple. It does make me feel almost kind of like I'm still going with my dad, for lack of a better way to say it. You feel connected. Yeah. But as far as foods that we eat for Lunar New Year's, there are so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, so for Chinese people, you don't have to cook all of the traditional New Year's foods, but there's some heavy hitters that we definitely like, or at least... I think every family's tradition is slightly different. And it's very interesting because we make sure that the food usually has a similar sound to like a lucky word, right? Mm -hmm. So for instance, a very Chinese tradition for Lunar New Year's is to cook a fish. And the funny thing is I've seen the fish thing done differently in different households even. So mm -hmm. some families fry it, some families braise it. I guess it doesn't matter how you cook the fish, but the fish must be whole. So we cook ours. And we're not allowed to eat ours. We don't even take a bite. You save it for the next day and that's when you can eat it. And the reason is because the Chinese word for fish, which is yu, sounds exactly like the Chinese word for leftover or plenty, you know, oh, yeah. which is also yu. <laughs> so we eat fish and the phrase is nian nian you yu, which means every year, you have plenty or every year you have leftovers, right? So you're so plentiful, you have leftovers. And so fish is always a must have dish. 
And some families, they are supposed to eat a little bit and then save the leftovers so that they have it for the whole week. So every family actually kind of does it differently. Yeah, actually, I have learned. And this is the wonderful thing about being in America is that not only do you get to experience how your family celebrate some of these holidays, but you get to see how some of your friends and their Mm -hmm. culture celebrate. So I'm Vietnamese, but a lot of my friends are Chinese. And I learned from you guys that eating noodle for New Year is also a good one because of the longevity, because noodles are long, Mm -hmm. longevity. And kind of along those lines too, uh, as far as food, that sounds like a lucky word or a, a good word. There are apparently a lot of house plants. Just going back to my new hobby here, house plants. <laughs> either looks like money or sounds like, I mean, there are so many Chinese money house plants. And I was at the Asian market like two weeks ago, prepping for New Year. And I saw that they were selling ZZ plants at the market, marked up at $80. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh, they're ripping off these grandmas because you can go to Lowe's and get the same plants for like $15, $20. Mm-hmm. In any case, I was, uh, my husband was joking that next Lunar New Year, I should set up shop. And so for I just real? eating some plants now. And then by the time New Year rolls around, I can set up shop and sell these uh, ZZ plants. Mm-hmm. In any case, the ZZ plant, I looked it up. The reason why that it's good for New Year is because of the way the leaves grow on the stem. It looks uh-huh. like a chain of money. So there's all kinds of things like that. So yeah, I have a ZZ plant, not because it looked like money, but apparently after I went to the store and saw it, I've now added the ZZ plant to my new year decoration. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's super awesome. I think whatever your family's traditions are, Lunar New Year's is really that time where, I mean, if you're not going to express your Asianness during Lunar New Year's, when are you going to do it? Right? This year... I actually decided to go way above and beyond and really decorate for Lunar New Year's. I feel like the recent spirit of Asian representation and supporting Asians and being proud of your Asian heritage, it's not that I've been not proud, but I've never been super like, oh, must decorate the house for Lunar New Year's, right? Because we, Chi and I both love Christmas very much. Chi loves it more than I do. Absolutely. Halloween is really my thing, right? But I decorate for Halloween. We decorate for Christmas. And so this year I was like, I really don't do that much for Lunar New Year's. But this year I really was like, you know what? I decorate for all these other Western holidays. And so F it, I'm going to decorate for Lunar New Year's. So I bought a bunch of Lunar New Year's decorations off of the most un-Asian website ever, Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) I actually decided to finally invest in a sprig of those yellow flowers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the yellow flowers. I hung all the red decorations. And so my house is looking very festive and bonus. My husband thought it was all very pretty. (laughs) So I think it's a great time for any of our listeners who aren't Asian themselves, but, you know, are interested, like we're always happy to share our culture. So grab an Asian friend, ask them to invite you for Lunar New Year's. That's what the New Year's is all about. Like, if one of my friends was like, hey, I'd like to check out what Lunar New Year's is about, I'd 100% invite them into our home and welcome them with open arms and sit them down to dinner with us and explain all the dishes. I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah. Before I had kids, actually, there was this family that is not Asian, but they really liked 
to participate. And so every year for Lunar New Year, we would go with them to this one restaurant in town that like always did it up big. Like we always found out when they were doing the dragon dance and the fireworks and stuff like that. And we would celebrate with them every year for Lunar New Year. And it was a really fun way. It was something they look forward to. And we also look forward to doing with them. So for sure, if that's something you're interested in experiencing, find yourself an Asian friend and do something very Asian this Lunar New Year and go celebrate with them. Yep. And right before we wrap up, I also want to give a shout out. We've developed a very international audience. Chi and I aren't even sure exactly how this happened, but regardless, we appreciate all of you all the same. And not just Asians, I just want to say, I know recently I feel like a lot of people have felt targeted or oppressed or just maybe more anxious about their minority status than usual. And whatever you are or your family is or your culture is, you have a friend in us. And we are so grateful for all of your support and we want you to know that I think all of us supporting each other is the way that we get through this, right? So shout out to our listeners in England, Germany, Japan, Vietnam, Canada for joining us. And of course, all of our members here in the USA. We love you all. That's the end of Easier with a Friend for today. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you take the time to reconnect with a friend during Lunar New Year season. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on Facebook, Spotify, or Apple Music so you won't miss any new episodes. Follow us on Instagram at Easier with a Friend, on our Facebook page, Easier with a Friend, or email us at easierwithafriend at gmail.com. Check out our website, easierwithafriend.com, for today's transcript. <laughs>